Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative Podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and let's get started. All right, before we get started with this week's Why We Love episode, I just got a question for you. What keeps you going? When you're facing tough times, what sustains you? What values, beliefs, sense of purpose, hopes and dreams, stories, people, all of the above and more, what is it that keeps you alive? And that's what we'd like to know at All Things Narrative. And if you wanna take a second or more like 30 seconds to a minute and record your thoughts on that, we will feature them on a special edition episode of All Things Narrative releasing May 31st as a way to create what we call a collective document where we can bring these experiences together and say, hey, here's a compilation of sorts of what keeps us going as people. And so you can email those submissions to Derek H, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-H at allthingsnarrative.com or check the show notes for that description. And if you're in the South Florida area, we are going to be doing our Live a Meaningful Story workshop beginning on May 31st and going all the way through early July. So that is six sessions. They're two hours each. And... It is going to be an amazing time together. If you love discussing stories, if you want to better understand your life as a story, what it means, how to reflect on it, uh, where you want it to go, how to tell it in authentic and artistic ways, and to even be able to have a chance to tell your story in front of a live audience and more, I'd love for you to come to this workshop and signups for that will be in the show notes as well. There's an early bird special right now where it's a hundred dollars, uh, for all six sessions. So that's 12 hours and you do have to commit to all six, uh, because that's what you'll get the most out of when you do the workshop. So if you're loving this podcast and you want to get together with other people who love story and find that tribe and sense of community, then go ahead and sign up for the live a meaningful story workshop. And I hope to see you there and that we can Enjoy creating this safe space together to talk about our lives and our experiences and our identities and all the stuff you hear about on here and more. All right. So I am not alone today because we are back to why we love where we take a franchise in pop culture and we talk about it. We talk about the story that this franchise tells and why we're so moved by it and why it's meaningful to us and why we keep being drawn back to it again and again and again. And so I got uh, some returning uh, friends here and I've got uh, a new a newbie, a new friend as well here. A new face, fresh face. Yes. <laughs> but before, podcast, yeah. but we, I got to say something uh, about Jason. So Last time, I gotta huh? make a correction here. So when we did the Batman episode, you originally said like, "There's nothing like special about me. I don't do anything cool." I don't and, say and that. And I thought about it later, <laughs> I mean, uh... and I was like, "This, this, br- this guy like literally spins fire." Ooh, farce. At an amateur level, it's I don't even own the staff. I just practice. I did do it actually for a paid event. I wasn't paid. Someone else was. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I did it out front, but that's just one thing. So that's one more thing than all of us can do. <laughs> so I just had to set Teacher. the record straight that Jason is a lot cooler than he gives himself credit for. And of course, we got Joe Lee Stark. 
AKA right. Joseph Wilson back in the house. AKA Joseph Stark. We already know. <laughs> Bet. And who else do we got here? Uh, we got Nick Natal. Nick Natal in I the know. house. I'm so happy we've talked uh, about this for a long time, getting you on here for an episode. And what better conversation than Star Wars? Because mm-hmm. you're a massive Star Wars fan, right? I, I have watched a few of those movies, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I'm, my my uh, history of Star Wars is going about three years now. Okay. So. All right. He, he cool. actually is a bona fide movie enjoyer prior to his uh, educational experience. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of authority in these subjects. So yeah. I do have a film degree. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I actually grow up watching Star Wars. All so right relatively new passion for me so this is going to be very interesting three years strong and that's that's probably a, a <laughs> good place i've known joseph <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> bet <laughs> a good place to start um, is what were our personal introductions to Star Wars? So Nick, you said three years ago, right? My So it's funny because my personal introduction to Star Wars is The Last Jedi, which is the movie Whoa. that everyone hates. Oh, we're getting into that. So it, you, 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 yeah. it was during 516 and I was staying at Face's house, just house sitting. And I just threw on Disney and that's the one I, I watched first and I was like, what? this movie is amazing. Now why would you watch something called Episode 8? So I before? didn't know, it, like the the rhythm of the movies i just i just watched the the first one i saw i was like i'm gonna throw this one on (laughs) freaking disney (laughs) put that at the front it might have been because it just came out yeah Yeah, i think it was around that time yeah Yeah. so it was the newest one okay so about three years ago you put on last jedi that's what got you into it i started talking to people and i realized how much they hate it and so i was like i think i gotta watch all these star wars movies now (laughs) yeah we're gonna gonna talk more about that um joe what about you so my introductions was the Clone Wars. I grew up around that time where like the Clone Wars is starting to pop up. Is that like mid two thousands? Yeah, okay. around that time. Um, yeah, I I absolutely love Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Like mm-hmm. that's the best mm, top five of my TV shows that I really of all loved. time. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. What about you, Jason? I think it actually did start with the VCR. That my parents had of it's always the VCR. Right yep, the VCR. It's the VHS. So we we're like, oh, it. what is this rectangle thing? I um, I was old enough that we actually played VCRs pretty regularly. Yeah, same here. But I watched it through that. I was like, oh, okay, and it just kind of wait. Watch which one? A New Hope. A New Hope. Okay, A New Hope on VCR. And then I watched the other ones, and I remember when episode one, two, and three were like coming out. They were the new thing when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, oh, did you know? Oh, this one shows us Darth Vader is actually becoming Darth Vader. Blah blah blah. I was like, oh, oh, that's kind of cool. And I just remember all the uh, the moments coming up as I was a kid. So I did grow up with, yeah, you know, a little bit of a background of the original series, but also when the the prequels were mm-hmm. fresh and they yeah. were new. Okay, all right. And for me, it was uh, very similar to you, Jason. It was having the original trilogy on VHS in the original form. When Whoa. so your VHS case was it gold or black? It was in like a beaten up clear plastic. I mean, I don't know. They like salvaged it. Okay, I'd be curious it if it was relic. if it was a special edition or if it was an original. And I I can't find my VHS tapes of them because they are the original before George Lucas did anything to them. 
Dang. And I can't find them. I don't know you where they are. Millions. I didn't know. You no, did you can get them yeah, pretty cheap really? online. Oh. This is just VHS. Oh, no, just, but I know but, that he edited so much. Text. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, so it was VHS, the original trilogy. Um, Return of the Jedi was my favorite. That was like a frequent rewatch uh, movie in my house. Um, and it was the toys in like 1997, 98. Um, they started to release a new line of Star Wars toys. And my dad, that's around the time that he got my brother and I into Star Wars, and it aligned well with the toys coming out, so we would frequently mm-hmm. get toys. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. I have every toy from the original trilogy from that 1997 through 1999 right. toy line. Wow. The ships, the sets, everything. Not here, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's all in Cali, that's and right. it's, it's like hundreds, Cali. hundreds of figures. And I... Star Wars toys were just amazing to me. And um, yeah, Phantom Menace got to see that in theaters on opening weekend. And um, yeah, so. So I have a question for you, Derek. What's your favorite Star Wars toy that you have? I remember the toy. Okay, I actually do remember the toy I was most excited about. Okay. um, Because Return of the Jedi as a kid was my favorite Star Wars movie. I had a Darth Vader toy for a long time. And then, of course, the way the toy market work is you double dip and triple dip mm-hmm. because they come out with new versions of the same toy. So they had a Darth Vader that came out where you could remove his helmet. Okay. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. It's like, oh, I could have him with the helmet on or I could have him redeemed with it off. Um, so we'll talk about that actually at the end of the episode as like one of my favorite Star Wars moments. But yeah, so that toy, I actually remember very specifically getting that toy mm. and being so, so excited. little bit about our uh, personal introductions to star wars i'm going to give a brief history and please make help me keep it brief because the batman <laughs> one i went way too long and i had to like edit out half that history uh, oh i rambled way too if, much if you go too long i'll do the, the <laughs> I that, that, yeah you know? give it give it to me give yeah it to he's me. a gauged audience like all right that's enough facts yeah i'm, <laughs> the, I'm the layman <laughs> let's see if i can do this in two to three minutes so um george lucas we know he created star wars and he had a vision and it was around in the 70s. You know, he's a filmmaker. His first film flopped and his second film did pretty well. And this was a very cynical time in American history. You know, we had uh, Watergate and Nixon. We had the Vietnam War. And so typically uh, that was reflected in pop culture, including film as well. And the films that came out at the time focused a lot more on antiheroes and kind of reflected the cynical attitude um, that was going on around the culture. And the studios, the film studios themselves were actually struggling quite a bit. So they were taking chances on these, you know, more independent filmmakers like Steven Spielberg and Francis Ford Coppola and all those. And that's why we get the 70s film boom and we get some of the greatest films ever made within a few years. And George Lucas is one of those independent filmmakers that they take a chance on. And I got to give props to Fox because Fox is the studio that looked at him and said, yeah, we'll invest in you. When Universal and all the other big studios kicked George Lucas out, Fox is willing to say like, yeah, we see something in you. And look at Fox now. And look at Fox now, owned by the mouse. But the cool thing about George Lucas is that he was really interested in mythology and philosophy and religion and all these different things. And he wanted to create a story that kind of reflected these things and tied it together and brought it uh, to as many people as possible. And so there's a book that George Lucas read, and I have it right here. It's a fantastic book by Joseph Campbell called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. It was written in 1949, and what Joseph Campbell did is he 
went and studied all the world religions and mythologies throughout history. And he realized that there was a common narrative structures and patterns that existed in civilizations that weren't even, you know, in communication with each other. Mm -hmm. And this is where, of course, we get the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And so this is the book where he really ties it all together and says, this is what a protagonist, what a hero essentially goes through. And I'll talk more about that when we get to the mythology of Star Wars. But George Lucas studied that and he consulted Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell, who's a teacher, Mm -hmm. said that George Lucas was the finest, uh, student of myth and story that he's ever encountered in his life, Mm. which is a huge compliment. So George Lucas really took this to heart and he took it took him like four years, I think, to actually write Star Wars. And it wasn't until he read this book that he actually was able to finish it. And, you know, it was way too long of a script. So he had to cut it into thirds. And so that's why, you know, he had the, uh, the plan of a trilogy and the deal that he made with Fox, which is really clever was that he would essentially turn down studio financing and a larger paycheck if he was allowed to make his own sequels, you know, creative control. Mm -hmm. So that's why he funded Star Wars himself. They didn't, you know, the studios didn't pay to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's how he got that creative control. And he took less money, but he said, can I have merchandising rights and royalties? Which the studio did not really have a lot of plans for yeah. that. And it wasn't until like after Star Wars re- was released that the merchandising really boomed. Bang. And of course, yeah, George yeah, Lucas is made, laughing his way all the yeah, way to the bank at that point. Bang. So he's very clever um, business-wise. The royalties, so, right? so it opens up uh, in 1977. It's a huge success. We know there's sequels and prequels that get made. And Disney buys Lucasfilm, and we'll talk about what happens there. And so Star Wars becomes a global phenomenon. And yeah, uh, anything you guys want to add to the history? I think you cool. got that. Well, no, yeah. I, I do have a quote. I was reading this. Yeah. It, it, this is from George Lucas. He says, I was involved in a lot of study and work in folklore at the time and uh, had gotten into folklore and mythology and the role it plays in culture and in developing certain anchors for certain societies. And I came to realize that we had no modern fairy tales and that yeah. you could say mm. the Western was the last of the myths. Hmm. And I realized that it wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't a good situation not to have for young people some kind of fantasy life that Hmm. was very simply, there is good, there is evil, and try to be good. He says, all folklore is, I would say anyway, is a form of religion. It's the religious concept. There is a God, there is good, there is an evil, try to be good. And so it's really just so fascinating Hmm. that George Lucas was, he just created this anchor for an entire culture to really rest on through star wars yeah yeah and that's why i think the first film did so well is because there weren't there wasn't stuff coming out that was like that that had that mythic proportion Mm -hmm. that was very heroic and Mm -hmm. optimistic you know it really it's what people needed but they didn't realize that's what they needed Mm -hmm. oh and if i remember this is around the time where the vietnam vietnam war was happening right Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah a lot of inspiration came um from that as well because george lucas you know did not like that war. Right. So just that those connections and um, similarities in his movie, the first movie to what was going on during the time. Yeah. He's brilliant. Cause it's really a story about one man who had a vision and would do anything. You know, if you guys saw the empire dreams documentary, he would do anything to make that happen, mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. it cost. And 
He fought for creative control. He fought for it to be the story he wanted to tell. Mm. And it's really inspiring yeah. to see, you know, despite all the obstacles they had filming. And the first Star Wars movie especially is a movie that really was created in post-production. Because when it was originally filmed, yeah. it was a disaster. Yeah, we saw but, it in the documentary. Right. But, but then, you know, that's when they figured out the sound design mm. and the special effects and the music. And these aren't like, these are models. These are toys. Yeah. And, yes. you know, like yeah. this is so ambitious. And so Star Wars is really the story of the underdog mm. um, being able to rise above all challenges and make their dreams come true and do something great. And that's just not in the story of Star Wars, but it's in, in the story of how Star Wars is made as yeah. well. And honestly, it's you really don't see that today, like with film no. industries, because um, as much as I like Marvel, it becomes cookie cut. Yeah. Like it's, there's not a whole lot of creative control in those things with those big engines of just universal, um, not universal, uh, what's it called? Just cinematic universes and right, things like right. that. But just those personal stories, you know, those... Mm those are really getting snuffed out, you know? I like those movies, those type of movies. Yeah, me too. probably a good time where we could transition now into like what I think will be the bulk of the conversation, which is the mythology of Star Wars itself. So this is where we're going to actually talk about the movies and mm. the story that Star Wars tells, you know, adopting everything from American sci-fi and fantasy to Japanese samurai yeah. mm -hmm. uh, stories, samurai Eastern religion, ancient yeah. Rome, Judeo-Christian stuff, Hinduism, Buddhism. So yeah. So let's let's dive into the mythology of Star Wars here. So when you guys think of Star Wars, what are some things that come to mind that you think like somebody should know about Star Wars and what it means and what it all represents? Mm -hmm. The first thing that I think of is just childlike wonder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just brings you back to this childlike state where you can... It, it, the We were actually listening to the documentary on a ride up here. Yeah. And it said that Star Wars is not a story about... Uh, really culture or politics or nationality, but man escaping his environment mm -hmm. and going to a different life that we all w would like to lead. Yeah, like yeah. Luke lives, leaves his uh, origins of his aunt and uncle in the desert and just this unbelievable journey of, mm. like I've never experienced anything like this before. And like you guys were saying earlier, just George Lucas going from an independent um, <clears throat> film writer and director to this huge journey it's it's the same thing and yeah and I, as i look back when i was a kid of course it was not the the plot or the politics or whatever was going on in the movies that i loved because that was all above my head sure it was the moments it's darth maul like extending his hand and igniting his uh, lightsaber yeah. and then igniting it a second time <laughs> yeah and finding both obi-wan and qui-gon jinn an amazing fight. It's yeah. Emperor Palpatine throwing Mace Windu off the building. It's all these cool, mm. just awesome moments. And like, whoa, wow, it's that's amazing yeah. that, that got me. It wasn't, oh, I don't know about this plot line, blah, blah, blah. I, no, no, I couldn't line. care less. Yeah. <laughs> it's no plot line. To an, extent. To, yeah. an extent. <laughs> to an extent. When I grew up, I, I looked at these and I'm like, oh. Mm, uh, then you become well, an adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, wouldn't you guys agree that in what you're saying, there's something about Star Wars that like, for a child, like when we're all kids watching it, 
it's it's familiar enough to where we're like, oh yeah, it's like sword fighting. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. oh, it's space. It's like this. Yeah. But it's also it has its own thing. It's yeah, got its it, own look and feel that mm-hmm. nothing else can yeah. compare to it. I like the fact that anything can happen in Star Wars. You could have a Western in Star Wars. You can have a like a heist movie in Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah. You can have you can have any genre in Star Wars, and that's just like it gives it just that that diverse feeling. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I we can talk about this more later because it might be a little bit beyond the scope of what this uh, we're talking about right now, but. I heard a few things just scrolling through Instagram where they was talking about the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars that yeah. Star Wars is dystopian. Yes. And I just thought about that a lot and I rolled that around in my head and it's like this is just a very high tech version of all the problems and failures we just have right now. Mm. Like, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. A, that's a great point. I have this super high tech Millennium Falcon that can fly throughout the galaxy and do all and go to into hyperspace and it's broken down and i have to fix it all all the time yeah like this thing is a piece of junk and it has all these problems it's like no matter how far we go into the future we have the same problems we have the same fights we have the same forms of entertainment it's nothing new under the sun at all yeah the same thing it is so unfamiliar because it's in space with lightsabers and all these monsters and yet it is so it is so familiar at the same time yeah. with all those yeah. things. So yeah. It connects while being so different. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a good, good, good way to put it. So when you think of like, uh, like let's talk about the original trilogy, because I feel okay. like we talked about the original trilogy for a bit, then we'll talk about the prequels for a bit, then we'll okay. talk about the all sequels right. and other standalone stuff as we well. We have to talk about the sequels. Um, yes. <laughs> sequels, 789? Come on, Joe. I those? mean... We have okay, to. I, we will. We have we to. Will. We, really we will get about to it. It will be yeah. the okay. most entertaining part we of this podcast if we yeah, talk stay about tuned, the sequels. Stay tuned for Let's that. warm up a little bit, Joe. But let's talk about the original trilogy because I think we all agree that the original trilogy is the best trilogy out of the three, right? I think we can That's all yeah, agree yeah, on that. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I'll even go as far as say the original trilogy is, I think, the greatest movie trilogy of all time. I don't think it's ever been topped. Of all time? Yeah, mm. of all time. I don't think there's any, another movie mm. trilogy that is better. I would say What about the Shrek trilogy? The Shrek trilogy. <laughs> yeah, but here's yeah. the thing: we, about the we gotta be careful because there's a no, lot of Shrek. Shrek the third is trash. And 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 uh, what what you just said there about the Planet, Planet of the Apes? Yeah. The, the, I, I, it's a great trilogy, but it's not an original trilogy. Planet okay. of the Apes was long before that trilogy. That's fair. Okay. Star Wars as in the original trilogy. As a new concept, okay, is the best right, trilogy I, ever. All right, I can agree with that. Okay. See, you're lucky going through Kung Fu Panda Three wasn't that great. <laughs> the third one is always where it drops the ball, and I argue yeah. Return of the Jedi, oh, even though I think it's the least best oh, of the three. Still I still it think good. it's yeah. way better than a lot of other movies. Yeah. But yeah, so the original trilogy is essentially a hero's journey. You know, here, like if you think of it, like like a, it's a circle. You guys have seen a picture of the hero's journey, right? Yeah. So it's like. Each movie in the original trilogy has its own hero's journey arc, like its own kind of like mini circle. Mm -hmm. And then there is a macro circle hero's journey that all three movies covers, you know? So the call to adventure, you know, Luke, this farm boy gets the information from uh, R2-D2, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the refusal of the call, he doesn't know if he can do it. He's pushed into that with the death of his guardians and Obi-Wan, who's the, the guide, takes him under his wing, shows him the ways of the Jedi, gives him the lightsaber, the, the you know, like the supernatural aid or whatever. Then you've got the crossing of the threshold, which is where he's moving from the known world to the unknown world. And that begins in Moss Eisley mm. and Han Solo and all that stuff that join in. And in the original trilogy, again, it's got its own hero's journey. 
So like the you go to like you got to go into the belly of the whale like Jonah and you got to go into the depth of like the worst of it and they get drawn literally into the belly of the death star you know yeah. and that's where they're tested there's the meeting of the goddess where you meet princess leia um and the twist is that the goddess actually is not a damsel the go- the goddess figure so to speak is actually pretty awesome mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then there's like the trials um that they face there's the trash compactor you know like the different things and then the the losing of the guardian with obi-wan you you know you've you've got this this whole thing here and then in the original or in the whole original trilogy as well you know you've got like things in the empire strikes back like the whole like the idea of like the atonement with the father Mm -hmm. where you you know luke realizes the the greatest twist in movie history you know that darth vader is his father and that whole struggle and there's the apotheo the apotheosis which is where like the hero achieve some kind of like status that makes them greater and that's of course him becoming a jedi and then you've got his temptation you've got the the return you know where then and and that's all in return of the it's literally the return in joseph campbell but you've got luke coming back and things like the magical flight where the millennium falcon has to go and destroy the second death star mm-hmm. or in the first star wars movie luke having to blow up the death star you know rescue that comes from outside of of the group the you know, all these different things, master of two worlds, freedom to live, all that stuff. So essentially, if you look at the hero's journey, Star Wars is perfect. It's mm. the perfect embodiment of all these things that Joseph Campbell talked about. And when you guys think of the original trilogy and you see that hero's journey, what are some of the moments that really stick out to you? I I, I would say just like I think one of the things like one of the scenes I really remember um, is when luke meets uh yoda for the first time yes because mm-hmm. it's just like it's you're expecting this this great jedi or um because you meet obi-wan obi-wan's old but like he looks like okay that that's what i would imagine what a jedi looks right, like right 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 but this is just his little creatures mine mine give me <laughs> give me that sausage he's a muppet and then, <laughs> and then yeah and then, he's a muppet <laughs> and then and then he'll just start spitting truth and it's like whoa yeah <laughs> I, so, never, I never looked at Yoda as a monk before. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Well, did you guys know that He's the name? Yeah. Did you know that the name Yoda uh, comes from the Hebrew word Yodea, um, which means mm. the wise one? Oh, mm. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, oh. that's cool. Oh. Look at that. All the names. That's a whole other topic. Is all the names of Star Wars? It's like the human are, side effects. They're Sound all. Effects over here. <laughs> all all the Star Wars names are tied to something, you know, and they mm. actually help you better understand the story. Like, yeah, but like, yeah, okay. Vader so does Yo- mean father, right? That's what I heard. No, Vader is like for invader, one who invades uh, or conquers, and then Darth is conquer. a combination of dark and Sith. So, oh, you know, huh. yeah, all the names mean something. But yeah, so okay, so you're talking about the mo- the moment with Yoda, yeah. in Empire, yeah. Um, it it just, I pretty much said everything. Just like the fact that that took you to a whole different like um element where you just didn't expect that yeah that's that's one of those stick out moments to me because i was i was not expecting that when i was um young watching that well and i love the cave where Mm -hmm. yoda tells him to go and basically to the cave it's another uh, archetype there and luke of course has to face you know darth vader this evil but what does he see I never. Ma- it's funny when I was growing up, I never understood that scene. I, I never like, did either. Yeah, I was like, why does yeah. he see them? He see himself. Why was yeah. Darth Vader there? I don't understand. But now yeah. it's just like you. He he fears becoming what he uh, his father is, and that's a great example of like showing instead of telling. Mm-hmm. You know, like when a film does what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about you guys, Nick, Jason? What are some moments in the original trilogy 
that uh, really stand out to you? The hero's journey was sticks out to me is the end of the hero's journey. I think it's the end of the first one where they get crowned yes. in front mm. of all the people. Yes. I was reading one time they said that's going to be a picture of heaven. And we walk up in front of mm. all of heaven mm. and, the, and the king puts that crown over us. And we turn around, people are just cheering for us. So the oh, end awesome. of the hero's uh, journey is what stuck out to me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because they're, they've changed. And Luke and Han are on their own journeys mm-hmm. in the trilogy. But yeah, so it's like there's this idea that Luke and Han, you know, they complete an arc of some sort. And there's a sense of finality, even though we know the story's going to go on. But uh-huh. I love that picture. Yeah. 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 What about you, Jason? So when I think of the hero's journey, I think of it's over, the fight's won, we're good now. That's the Death Star blowing up. Darth Vader spinning around out of control, going, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Spaceship. Like, it's one, there's victory, there's the satisfying of the Death Star. This is the payoff. We've done it. Right. We can can wipe the sweat off now. We can sit back. It's done. We, beyond all shadow of a doubt, beyond all annoying statistics that c3po could give we have <laughs> probability we have one we have ventured outside of everything we've ever known and we've accomplished just the faintest idea of of the dream that we thought of and we did it what yeah I think of until the Death Star 2, and then Palpatine returning, and then uh, the First Order rising. Well, we're, well, we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Luke couldn't <laughs> fathom another over, Death Star. Over, over again until you get to The Last Jedi. Yep. Yeah. We're, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> you guys really want to talk about the sequels. You guys want to see me get fired up. Death we'll Star get there. Three and four right, and oh, yeah, I forgot seven. the Death Star 3. <laughs> yep. And, and every, every um, what's so, it called? What, what are the, the First Order ships have Death Star lasers on it? I forgot about all that. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I try I can't not wait to till remember. We get to the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, uh. we'll talk about our rankings later, but I think Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, and I think what it does as a sequel, and the mm. reason why I think it's an amazing movie and it's a really good sequel is because the first movie is a very tight story and it's so good. Mm. But if there's one thing you can look at with the first story and said, man, I wish this went deeper into everything, deeper into the characters, deeper into the myth and all that stuff. And empire does that, Mm. you know, like you get to explore the characters more, you get to understand the force and, and that, and that whole world. And you get to see that the conflict between the light side and the dark side isn't as black and white as it makes it sound because mm. now we know that there's actually a potential that Luke could be corrupted, you know, while he's on this path. And I find that journey in Empire so captivating. Mm. Like Luke is standing on the edge. Like, will he go down this path? You know, but it's like he loves his friends. And we'll talk about attachment when we talk about the prequels. Mm. But he like loves his friends, but all that also could potentially be his downfall. That's what Yoda's warning about, you mm. know? The whole clap, the whole third act of Empire, Cloud City, the yeah. Boba Fett, like yeah. the, the the Empire there taking over the the betrayal, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and just Han Solo going into Carbonite. That's I where mean, he should have died. He shouldn't have came back. <laughs> well, Harrison Ford actually they wanted that. Yeah. Harrison Ford wanted that. Yes, he should have been dead. Nah, the third, the Return of the Jedi, he's good. But yeah, so that whole third act, and obviously Darth Vader and Luke, like. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like the first like lightsaber battle. Like the Obi Wan Darth Vader one is is cool and what yeah. it represents. But man, that fight 
with yeah. Luke and Darth Vader. Oh my gosh, I just get chills every time I watch it. Yeah, you just join um, with them. I love that. And just, yeah, and it's just like he doesn't give in, you know? And so, man, I could talk about the original trilogy all day. But anything else on the original trilogy before we go to the prequels? Not off the top. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. I, got, I mean, we could I, for... I got. Yeah, I'm sure I got I one thing of yeah. something. If I sat here and I'll, close my eyes and like, I'll give. Like, ah, I'll, but I can't. I'll give. I'll give a statement. I want to see if you guys agree or disagree with okay. it. Okay. Original trilogy, best film score of all time. I don't know. I can't remember. Best film score. Oh, yes. No. Jaws. It's no. Jaws. No. Huh. Same person, John Williams. Yeah. But like Jaws has like one thing that it does really well. Yeah. But Star Wars, you've got. Oh, you're talking about the actual music. Yeah, oh, the music. The score. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh. the mm-hmm. opening. Da 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 da. You've got that. I almost you've feel got... embarrassed that like I didn't even think of this. That. No. Yeah. Like. Ron well, Ryan. I'm a. Then you guys know me. Oh no no. no. <laughs> of all things. Yeah. But you know, you guys know me as a music guy. Yeah. Like scores are important to me, and I like. You know the Darth Vader, the Imperial March. Oh yeah. The can- the Moss Eisley Cantina. I actually have the Star Wars. I have an original oh, yeah. record. I'll have to show you guys after mm-hmm. this. I should have brought that in here as my Star Wars prop. Um, <laughs> but that would be mine, as I have a, an original yeah. record of the yeah. Star Wars score. Okay. And from the seventies. The and, only other one that even comes to mind is Jaws for me right now. Yeah. I, I could concede that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so good. It's beautiful. It's menacing. It's epic and big and small when it needs yeah. to be. I oh. I do like the fun of the of the of the cantina yeah. music. That just like yeah, that's what they'd play. It, it puts a very I wouldn't say human because they're all aliens, but a very right. personal like oh yeah, these are real people. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Just it. sitting in the bar enjoying music, mm-hmm. alien music. Yeah. It's a world. Space it feels music. like a real yeah. world, mm-hmm. and it feels lived in. Yeah. So. Um, we can talk about the original trilogy all day, I, but for the sake of time, yeah. I will say this: I yes. do love from the original uh, from the original trilogy. Like Ewoks? you said, it does. No, yeah, does. that's, that's <laughs> the other word that was coming to mind. We could talk about the Ewoks, <laughs> but just the fact that the world li- feels lived in, just like you said, yes. I, I love that feeling, the practical effect feeling. That's what I love from the original trilogy. Like yeah. that, it was the practical effects of it all. Yes, mm-hmm. and the guy I have the guy's name here who was the. The concept designer, Ralph McQuarrie, I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who came up with a lot of the look. Yeah. Like he took George Lucas's words and ideas and said, can it look like this? Mm-hmm. So he should get a lot of props for giving us the visual mm-hmm. of what Star Wars really is. Honestly, that's what it has inspired me from the like the um, my film things that I do. On yeah, YouTube. yeah. I like the practical practical effects of stuff. I don't like using like just special effects and things like that. I'm like, if I can't make it, then I'm not going to put it into the story just because yeah. it's, it's inspired me to do that. And when you get to the prequels, <laughs> right? that all gets, it's all gets CGI. thrown out the window. It's all CGI, man. All a CGI dump, to say the least. All right, so prequels. Um, so if the original trilogy was the hero's journey, then the prequels is the inversion of the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. It is the hero's journey, but it's not the path to becoming a hero. It's the path to becoming a villain. So Anakin goes through all the, pretty much all the same cycles that Luke does, except he makes different choices Mm -hmm. and that leads him thus down a different path. Prequels. We're talking about Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, And these are the movies that George Lucas envisioned making a long time ago but he wanted to wait until the technology was right for it. Mm. And, you know, we can talk all day about the CGI and the trash 
that it, it a lot of it does not hold up. Yeah. Let's just be real there. Yeah. Um, but essentially, before we get into the nitty gritty, the essential story of the prequels itself. Couldn't even tell um, you what that is. Well, and, and that is the thing is it is one man's vision, mm-hmm. you know, and it is one man because I think George Lucas is a, is an okay director, but I think he's better at story and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like like when Irvin was it Irvin Kirshner or well, I forget the yeah, guy's name who did Empire. Like that's mm-hmm. an example of the match made in heaven. Yeah, he's a great director mm-hmm. and he could bring George Lucas's stuff to life. I think mm-hmm. the prequels kind of expose Lucas's weakness mm-hmm. as a film director, especially dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like San. It's farce and it's farce and it just gets everywhere. <laughs> but man, it's so dang memorable. That's the thing. Is like, Wait, love, how bad how it we is. fall into this? We're better I, than this. I love the sand line. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's um, that's with Obi Wan with Qui Gon Jinn. No, 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 no. no. When Jinn. they get captured, Anakin. when they're running through oh, the ship. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Force. How did we get caught in this? Like, they actually yeah. say that <laughs> in the third one. But but here's something that I think because people will dog on the prequels and we're gonna dog on them quite yes, a we bit. Are. But here's I still had here, fun watching. Yeah, they yeah, are fun. The prequels but are here's fun. what I think is the best thing about the prequels. Revenge of the is, Sith is fun. Oh yeah, for 20 minutes. Yeah. No, 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 for parts for, of for it. all of it. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Let me say this one thing and then we'll we'll, we'll get right. into oh, it. Man. So with the prequels, I think what's important to understand is the way the prequels and the original trilogy fit together. Okay. So there was a chart I saw one time and I wish I could find it, but imagine like you, you see a chart and you see episodes one through six on the chart, right? Mm-hmm. So episode one, the main theme of Phantom Menace is really all about loyalty and forging unlikely alliances in order to come together for the common good to defeat evil. Right? So that's like, you know how star Wars like starts and that's actually what's going to be key in return of the Jedi mm. to them, you know, forging alliances with Ewoks and, you know, all, and, but, but seriously across, you know, the the rebellion and Lando and all these different things. So there's this idea that the trilogy, you know, the solution is there in the beginning, you know, and Mm -hmm. and it's, it's going to bookend it in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. as well. So it's but like then po- it's like poetry it rhymes there. Well, it's, it's, it's actually a very, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very Jewish thing. The structure of storytelling here that he's using, it's actually used in the Bible quite a lot. This kind of, uh, uh, a way of telling a story. So then you get to acts two and five, you know, episodes two and five and, you know, attack of the clones is oh, really a story mean. all about the struggle between attachment and detachment. Mm. And so like Luke, uh, or sorry, Anakin, uh, is finding an attachment to Padme, mm-hmm. and we can debate all we want how creepy that is, given mm-hmm. the age difference. But but Anakin is forming an attachment, a romance with Padme. But the Jedi, which he's also forming attachment with, is saying you can't have attachments; you have to detach from these things. And it's the struggle of where is Luke's attachment like going, and how he's slowly attaching to. Padme, and he's drifting from the Jedi. Wait, Luke, you mean Anakin? Anakin, Anakin sorry. Yeah. And in Empire, Luke's uh, Luke is on the same journey mm-hmm. um, of can he hold this attachment to his friends, but also be attached to the Jedi and to learning. And that's what Yoda's warning him about. Yeah, is what that path could lead him toward because Yoda knows Anakin and the path that he went down. So Luke and Anakin essentially go through that same arc in that story. They even literally have a battle in the third act with a fallen Jedi. You yeah. know, with Count Dooku and mm-hmm. Luke with Darth Vader, mm-hmm. 
and they both lose a hand. They lose something. There's something that it costs them, right? Yeah. But the interesting thing is where Anakin's hand is mechanical, and we see visually that he is losing, like even when he's getting married to Padme, he is losing his humanity. It, there's a reason why it shows that mechanical hand, and it shows that he's on this path. That the direction he's going with Padme is actually going to lead him to lose his humanity. And Luke's hand, when he gets it in Empire, it's it's a mechanical hand, but it's flesh. It mm -hmm. looks human. And it has this idea that maybe Luke is not going to go down that same path because Luke is standing there with Leia, you know, not a love interest per se, but he's standing there with somebody, but he's not going to go down the path that his father went down. So there's like visual stuff like that, that their stories are going to go in a different direction and then of course revenge of the sith and a new hope revenge of the sith is the ultimate cutting down of hope mm. that is what that movie is designed to do it yeah. is to create hopelessness and it's all about betrayal it's all about alliances that were forged earlier now being decimated it's all about um things being turned upside down the sith you know being and it's a lot it's very roman you know yeah. it's it's taking from the Roman Empire, where it moved from a republic into a dictatorship empire. And it's it's actually historically chronicling that really well. And so Revenge of the Sith is, you know, Anakin, like, plunging into that path. And, and we see him losing that and completing his arc as the villain. And Luke, in A New Hope, beginning his journey of becoming the hero and seeing that hope reborn. So it's essentially like moving, uh, you can't see it on if you're listening to the podcast, but you guys kind of see what I'm saying mm -hmm. though, mm -hmm. how like George Lucas really conceived of this to tell these stories of Anakin and Luke and the hero's journey and inversion and all that stuff. So I don't know, what are your guys' thoughts on all that with the prequels? Uh, with the prequels, I really liked, I know Nick's laughing, we watched it together, and I was watching it like, okay, I should have watched the second one before it, and I didn't just, I didn't get time in my work schedule to do that, and Nick's like, oh, let's watch the funnest one anyways, I'm like, I agreed. So the clunkiness aside, because I watched it, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this as a serious movie. Yeah. And I was disappointed when I tried to do that. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed how... The pressure from both sides of his allegiances, yeah, it really pushed out what was in his heart right. to be the deciding factor. I don't think he didn't really make the choice of what was right. It was what he wanted. What he wanted was power. What he wanted was recognition. He wanted prestige. He wanted a life with Padme, but mm -hmm. he didn't want what was best for the Republic. No, he, he never, he never cared about that. That was from what I saw was decided in his decision. Yeah. It was, I want everything I want and I'm going to do it no matter what, even if I don't necessarily believe in, in, in either side completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and well, that was even shown when he was with Mace Windu. Right. Where the last thing he said before he cut off Mace Windu's hands was, I need him. Yeah. I need it. Like, it doesn't matter anything. I want him alive because I need him to save my wife because of this fear that's been placed in my heart. Yeah, Which fear's a good word. completely acted out yeah. of fear the whole time in that movie. Yeah. Um, and ambition and, and, and passion. Well, fear is the yeah. path to the dark side, right? Mm -hmm. That's what Yoda says. That's the first one. And, and that's what's really interesting in, like, Revenge of the Sith um, because... 
yes, you see the Jedi and you see the Sith and you see Anakin caught in between, mm-hmm. you know, and you see that tension there because the Jedi, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the prequel trilogy, the Jedi Order is meant to represent the history of the relationship between the church and the state. Mm. So the Jedi representing the church Mm -hmm. and the Republic representing the state. And if those two get too intermingled, like they did in the middle ages and all that stuff, how neither of them Mm -hmm. are well off and both Mm -hmm. of them will crumble in some way. You see where Anakin's coming from. Like you get it, you know, you really do. It's a very human story. I think the moment he, uh, Qui-Gon died was when Anakin, there was no like hope for Anakin Yeah, because Oh, either wow. side, either side um, was too drastic for him. Anakin needed some someone that understood both sides and was healthy in that and right. could help him navigate through that. And Qui-Gon was the only one. Qui-Gon knew that, that the Jedi Council uh, were just too focused on politics. Qui-Gon knew that Anakin was the chosen one and actually believed in him. Right. Qui-Gon also um, just didn't follow like the Jedi rules uh, just like to a T, just like Obi-Wan did. Yeah, yeah. Obi-Wan was the one that was just like, Master, you sh- Master, you shouldn't do this. And he's like, come on, let's, we're going we're gonna to go pod right. race. We're going to bet on this kid. For pod I, I like the pod racing, by the way. <laughs> pod it sounds yeah. like Anakin was failed in many ways in mm-hmm. his leadership. Yes. The, yes. the people that were leading him failed him in many ways. And yeah. so... I'm not sure that Anakin was only searching for power. He was really searching for that father or that mm-hmm. guidance, that yeah, mentor. Well, be, yeah. The father, yeah. Yeah. Well, and Anakin, here's the crazy thing. Anakin was a slave. Mm-hmm. We always forget that too, that yeah. he was, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he was set free. But the irony of that is, you guys ever heard the three faces of Darth Vader theory? Yes, no. with General, Gr- um, he, uh, General Grievous, Count Dooku, and right. um, Darth Maul. Darth Maul Dar- all represent a fraction of Anakin when he Do you know what each one it. represents? Um, General Grievous is the mechanical side of uh, Yeah, him of losing Anakin. his humanity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Dooku is the Jedi that turned yep. uh, to Sith, which is just like what Anakin did. The fallen and, Jedi, yep. Yep, and Darth Maul... Um, I always forget Darth Maul. Which one was Darth? Darth Maul, Maul is basically like the tool or the slave. Like yes. Darth Maul mm-hmm. was seduced into the dark side and is basically there as a pawn from Palpatine, mm-hmm. um, just like Anakin and just became. like Anakin was becoming as oh. well. Yeah. So in those That's three cool. villains, you actually see Anakin. Um, you know, and the moment you know, like when Anakin kills Count Dooku, it solidifies that. It solidifies yeah. that he's on that path. Yeah. Because there's some weird thing I read about how like. The Sith always functions with a master and apprentice. Uh And in order for a Sith to become a Sith apprentice, you have to kill the previous apprentice, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when he kills Dooku, that's his initiation Mm -hmm. right there. And he's already on that path. And Obi-Wan mentions that as well, that he's on that path. And so, but yeah, those three villains reflect, they they tell you the journey and, you know, Darth Maul slays Quagon, which I think was his only chance. Mm-hmm. Anakin slays Dooku, and Obi-Wan was asleep. You know, he could not intervene there. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah. Huh. That is a cool find. Mm. That theme's going to come up later. That, what that, that theme of failure is gonna come? Oh, up I know it will. <laughs> and it's time. The biggest it's time, epic fail it's of cinema. Directly into we're, episode eight. We're getting oh, there. We're getting there. Um, before I, I regret that I ate all my popcorn. <laughs> but the thing is, 
so this may be where my lack of experience with Star Wars okay. comes into play because I don't. I've probably seen the first three maybe just a couple of times, and I okay. don't really know what's going on. So as you explain it, what's really happening, the overall structure, I'm not sure it's told as well as you. Oh yes, I agree. I, agree. I completely so, agree. So the idea of Star Wars here is way better than the actual product in these first three movies. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. The the prequel trilogy for me is great ideas. Terrible execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sequel trilogy is terrible ideas, great execution. <laughs> that sums up my feelings of the prequels and the sequels. <laughs> so before we go to the sequels, anything else you guys want to say on the prequels? Oh, I love good Palpatine. things, bad Pal- things. Palpatine, Palpatine is the MVP. Yes. The only thing worth mentioning. I love Palpatine. He is the MVP of the prequels. <laughs> he saves those movies. Yeah. It is a fun performance it is yeah because he has to play both the chancellor Mm -hmm. who's all upright and in power and he's so manipulative and sneaky and the fact that they got the guy from return the original palpatine from return of the jedi to do that you know hope me and the jedi no i'm so weak like bro i just saw you shooting lightning bro what do you mean you're weak oh my gosh but uh and and can i say with revenge of the sith that um the the duel between palpatine yoda and anakin and obi-wan on musafar Best moment of the prequels. Best fight scenes. Best. Probably best fight best scenes. Moment, maybe a moment of the prequels. Best moment of all three of the prequels. I would say. I would say uh, Mace Windu and Palpatine. Yeah. In that room. Or with, Order sixty six with everyone just dying. Uh, oh, that always gets oh, me. Oh, definitely. That, Palpatine oh, that. Shooting I, as a, as a, that is. <laughs> that's the best. As a, that's the most emotional. Scene. Yeah, yeah, I, think I agree with that. Are, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think the fight scene with Mace Windu and Palpatine, especially when they like fight slash and the window just blows oh, out. Yeah. 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 And it's just this huge atmospheric effect. I'm like, oh, oh this so is good. a clash. This is awesome. <laughs> also the the story of Darth Plagueis, that scene. Yeah. When I was watching that scene, it was yeah. the first time that I thought I was watching a real movie. I was like, Oh, yes. we finally got a Star Wars movie. Because <laughs> I was like, This that, is now good. That yeah. I, oh. yeah. that scene is like great filming yeah. all around. Yeah. And I wish there was more more of that in the prequels yeah. because that shows me that like it could have been there's it something yeah. special in all this yeah and that whole because it's so subtle it's like is he talking about palpatine like who's he's, he's talking yeah. about himself mm-hmm. like like what's going on but it adds so much to the myth of mm-hmm. the jedi and the sith and all of it mm-hmm. oh i just love i'm glad you brought that up yeah because that is easily one of my favorite moments in the Revenge of the Sith, here's that, the thing. Too. That has some of my best moments in all the Star Wars yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, you could dog on it as a movie and whatnot, but man, it's got real, real good moments. Yeah. In mm-hmm. yeah. So, and, and I mean, you feel, it sets up A New Hope so well. Like, it really gets you there. Mm-hmm. It really gets you so in the, in the bottom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It has... It has the best fight scenes in Revenge of the Sith besides uh, Darth Maul versus Obi Wan Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. and it has it has the lightsaber fighting scenes that the the, the original tri- trilogy lacked. Like it's not just Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader moving their hands like. See, I like that fight like though because they're both like these other. old They're kind masters. of testing each other, yeah. Yeah. They're like just but tapping. No. It's hey. a little slow. It, it's I, a little outdated, but it's still... Yeah. yeah. It's still I, I love the choreography of the Phantom Menace fight scene, but mm-hmm. emotionally it's so hollow for it's me. Empty. Really? Yeah. It's empty. It's yeah. empty. There's no personal connection with any of it, you know? 
And that's a large part because I think Darth Maul is super undeveloped in his mm-hmm. relationship with Obi-Wan and, and mm-hmm. uh, Qui-Gon. But that's why I love in Revenge of the Sith, like, you get why Palpatine and Yoda have to go at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They represent the polarities yeah. of the best of the light and the best of the dark. And Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the middle. Yeah. You know, like, even the colors of the lightsabers, like, like the visuals, it all just, it slaps so good. Sometimes, yeah. I'm not going to lie, the fight between um, Anakin and Obi-Wan can it's feel so over long the to, top. It can feel long yeah, to me. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, but and you get why it's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say, ju- since we're about to wrap this up, I can I can feel I do like the the portrayal of the war aspects of the prequels. Yeah, might be. Yes. I don't know if that's felt by you guys, but when they're on Kashyyyk and just the machines are rolling out of the water mm-hmm. and rolling up yeah. on the land, that mm-hmm. beach battle. The I completely forgot about the opening scene of Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Oh my god. Obi Wan almost dies. Yes. Like they had to do the super risky maneuver where where Anakin also almost Almost killed him. Right, right, right. They just shoved off the robots. In the beginning, remember? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. All the the ships. Space battle. Mm -hmm. That was actually cool. That was the that was the war part, and they just somehow managed to get onto the ship. Yeah. But that was actually a really cool scene that I completely forgot. That's why I like Clone Wars so much because it shows the war aspect of it all. That's why I I, that's why I love that show. But that is one of the I would say one of the top three or four scenes from that movie. Just that opening scene. Yep. Agreed. It's a great Mm -hmm. opener. And then I will just say I. I hope we have time. No, I what they. I'm gonna say. Go it. Ahead, I don't care. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we're here. Uh, say it I all. think that. And this is what made it such an appeal is that what they really did well to overlook the really clunky plot points is the rule of cool. The the uh, prequels <laughs> did the rule of cool pretty well that you make you that would make you like kind of look past it at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were the moments that as a kid you're like, oh wow, yeah. General Grievous just pulled out two more lightsabers and is yeah. spinning around. This is crazy. Or Darth Maul with the double <laughs> lightsaber right, just right, fighting right. both of them. Yeah. Um, them them fighting Obi Wan and. Anakin f- fighting over lava, they should have died immediately. <laughs> like, they're yeah. a foot above lava. They should have been burned yeah. to a crisp and died. This makes no sense. But man, is it so cool yeah. and theatrical. Uh, yeah, theatrical's a good word. Yes. Uh, Yoda versus the Emperor, right. even though he the Emperor just got flung back against his chair. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But they really did theatrical cool yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. The, the rule of cool and everything except Jar Jar Binks. Yes, but here's the thing. But he's, but he's the Sith Lord. Darth Maul was he's so cool. Lord. I completely <laughs> forgot about Jar Jar Binks in that movie. I completely wish I forgot about all about Binks. this stupid battle, I which was I also forget. still a little cool. The the war part, except for anything that had Jar Jar Binks, but and that's what I have to say. They did rule cool pretty well. You yeah. you should not like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Misa, speaking Lord. of things we don't like, <laughs> sequel trilogy. Oh. All right, I'm gonna start off right out of the gate and say it. If the original trilogy and the prequels, George Lucas had a story to tell and he knew what he was doing. Sequel trilogy, Disney had no story to tell and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They should have let Ryan Johnson just keep running. They should have no. let him just keep going because Ryan Johnson knew what he was doing. They should, Disney did not. They should have had J.J. Abrams say... Sketch out, hey Abrams, what's the story you want to tell in these the same three movies? Old story that's been told. I, that's what JJ. I has have to. I have to agree with that. The stories that JJ has told and that he has shown is that they're the same stories. Granted, I like yes. Force Awakens. It's fun, 
but it's yeah. it's just a retool. It's just a rehash. rehash. Yes. It's, it's a nice Agreed. polished little version or CG spectacle of what happened before. I have to agree with that. Yeah, that absolutely. That's why they should have gave it to just oh, someone else completely and just had them map it out. I don't know who, but someone. But that's that's Give the whole thing me. is this is what kills me about the sequel trilogy. George Lucas, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, George Lucas said, I'm going to give you everything. I am going to give you episodes seven, eight, and nine, what I have written out for those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, here it is. Here's the master template. And here's the thing. I didn't know that. Like I said, George Lucas has great ideas. Mm-hmm. It's his directing and execution of these ideas that doesn't always work. So if you would have had George Lucas's ideas for 789, but you had a director that, like yeah. J.J. Ambers or somebody who could bring them to life, okay. it would have been amazing. It's just, it's just, you, you don't know that for sure. Because I don't. The first three were just so bad. Like They're not very good movies. Mm. Sith is just fun. It's a lot of But bad. they're good yeah. ideas. I just don't think George Lucas should have been the one bringing them to life it's because in the original in the original um trilogy it was uh george lucas's ideas yeah. but it was people around him that was like he hey, had a group of people to, yeah. around him you but, know and the sequel trilogy could have been that empire was not george lucas's idea empire was different it was his idea but it wasn't his execution mm-hmm. no but but from the the documentary that we watched Kirshner was the one that decided to make the story more complex decided to add more romance decided right. to add the twist so it was really Kirshner's, exactly it was Kirshner's direction it wasn't George Lucas's for the most famous Star Wars movie right movie. it's still his ideas though it's his world yeah well then you can say that no matter what <laughs> but the sequel trilogy I think is deliberately trying to either with JJ Abrams, copy and not innovate which is one extreme right or with mm. ryan johnson let's throw it all down let's burn it, it all down oh, there's man. literally a movie a moment in the last jedi Literal. where everything burns <laughs> yeah, but the, it burns die. down but not everything burns down let because ray, keep, ray keeps some of the text though oh, yes has, yes so she it's does not, it's not throwing it all the way it's just yeah it, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I agree. Mm. Stop throwing it all away. And, uh, to, to quote a fallen Jedi, uh, I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> well, I want everybody in this because I still don't fully... The last Jedi yeah. is a lot more complex than we're giving it credit for. There's still a lot going on. I, I feel like, well, everything in hindsight, looking at everything in hindsight, if they were going to, if they were going to do it, like the way that they did it with The Last Jedi, they should have stuck with it. The reason why everything, this whole trilogy looks failed... Is because I feel personally the Rise of Skywalker tried mm-hmm. to make spent most of its move its runtime trying uh-huh. to fix the mistakes of the Last Jedi yeah. because people were complaining about mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. tried to give fan service yes. like just like with the Force Awakens if they would have stuck to what um what Ryan Johnson's themes were or just like actually picking up where that left off right I feel like that would have been at least we could have looked back at the trilogy like okay. Yeah, they may not have planned it, but at least they executed everything where it kind of flows together. Because now it literally feels like three separate things. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's, yes. And it's and it feels like even the characters in those stories feel like separate characters yes, in different agreed. universes. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, it, it's it an is, absolute mess. And, and here's the thing. Well, let's pick the best vision and talk about The Last Jedi. <laughs> More like the worst. Okay, let's talk about it. So I will acknowledge that Ryan Johnson is a good filmmaker, and I will acknowledge that on a technical level, it's as unbelievable. on a technical yeah. level, mm-hmm. Last Jedi is, is it's it's good on a technical level. Um, Last Jedi is gorgeous. In, in a lot of, a gore- yes, yeah. yes. There's a lot of things about Last Jedi to like, mm-hmm. but 
bested by a girl who's never held a and lightsaber. It's, and it's quotable. It's yeah. <laughs> just as quotable as yes. Revenge of the Sith. So, no, yeah. It really is. And that, that's what uh, oh. the, the dialogue Here we go. The Here we go. Okay. Okay. Right. okay. We're getting messy. So I think Force Awakens is <laughs> a great a setup movie, right? Yeah. It set up these I'll, characters, yeah. Ray, Finn, Poe, Kylo. Yeah. It set them yeah. up really well and... And all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Last Jedi throws it all in the garbage. And here's how. I'm going to tell you how, okay? So Rey is a Mary <laughs> Sue, in my opinion. Like, she never loses. So there's no, like, strong... Like, her first lightsaber battle with Kylo Ren, she destroyed, like... Magically. Force Awakens. This is, this Force, is outside but, of But even in Last yeah. Jedi, she's just, like, awesome at everything. Like, I get, like, you can have a character that's good and skilled, and I want strong female uh, protagonists, but there's never a sense when I look at Ray that like anything bad. The you script feel, yeah, doesn't yeah. allow that with her. It, if, it doesn't okay. allow her to grow too far. Now and I then, okay, all right. Now, <laughs> but and I, don't then have it, I don't have it in me, so it's hard to explain. And then, okay, let's talk about Poe for a second. Yeah, Poe is so dang unlikable in Last Jedi. Yes, uh, like terrible. Like, let's do this whole story about let's let's just throw him down. Let's throw him down a pit. And I get that the fear the the theme in the movie is failure. But here's the thing in Infinity War, which we'll talk about next month in Marvel, yeah. that the failure is also the theme of that movie. And you don't need to make your heroes look like trash mm-hmm. to tell a story about failure. But Poe is so arrogant and the writing of it is You're so bad. Passion. And you and the whole like general whatever mm-hmm. and her whole thing. Or uh, it's General so, Haldo or, or yeah, Haldo. Haldo whatever her name is I don't care okay. it's so unlikable and then Finn is the worst offender of it because I... Finn was my favorite character of Force Awakens like let's do this story about a man who's a stormtrooper and realizes that he's on the wrong side brilliant what's my favorite idea in the Force Awakens and you know what we're gonna do in Last Jedi we're gonna pair him up with Rose Tequa and we're gonna send him <laughs> to Cantabite, and we're just gonna throw him away. We're gonna throw him in the garbage and give him a pointless task where he literally arrives on the planet is and is like, man, war. What is really done to people? And I'm like, you know what effects of war. You know how bad this is. I keep they 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 the tr- they wasted Finn. They, Finn was a all three movies. And yeah. Rise of Skywalker doesn't help either. Yeah. Finn is thrown... The best idea in the sequel trilogy is, is thrown in the garbage yeah. for... for not, And Ryan Johnson does not do Finn any favors in Last Jedi. He's just just wasted, wasted potential. I, and and if you're going to send him to Cancel Bite, bring him with Poe so we can at least build their characters together. Because here's the thing I like about Finn and Poe. Poe is hungry for war. He's He wants to be on it. And Finn, he wants to run away from it. They're the perfect, like opposites to go together mm-hmm. send them to Cantabite to see this town that's been ravaged by war but no we have to make Poe this unlikable dick and we have to make Finn go on this pointless like two, second act quest yeah. that they're uh, to free horses and not free the slaves oh kids my that, gosh. that take care of the horses this movie it, it hurts sense. to talk about it makes sense if it's if it's taken like that if this if this scene has no point but the scene does have a point and I, I this is not like totally clear to me but this is from a review. All right, let me okay. just read this. Okay. Complaints about the last Jedi storytelling has focused on Finn and Rose and Poe's directed excursion to the casino city of Canto Bright and is deeming it pointless. Um, but the sequence actually has a very specific impact, if not in conventional epic terms. The last Jedi intertwines three stories about hubris, specifically mm-hmm. the kind of hubris that stems from emulating myth. 
Two of these stories, mm. Kylo Ren and Rey, are about people from whom the distance to myth is small and vast, respectively. The third story about Finn, Rose, and Poe concerns people who can more freely choose their distance. It takes the form of a mock epic and, like many of those, has comic and tragic dimensions. The epic being mocked is Star Wars itself. Yes, 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 so, so, they, so, yes, so, that's the problem. So Ryan Johnson is making fun of Star Wars. I, he is making fun of it and loving it at the same time. He's yes. trying to separate <laughs> himself from all of this. Yeah, I get it, I this. get it. You, so, so if you get it, then why are you flipping <laughs> out wait, over here on the wait, other side of the chair? Because we haven't gotten to the heart of the issue. We haven't gotten to the heart of the issue yet. The heart of The Last Jedi is this. It's not Luke throwing the lightsaber at the beginning. You know, like, that's fine. I, I'm all for subversion. I'm all for deconstruction. But what are you going to build in its place that's going to make it worthwhile? Here's the heart of why I think Last Jedi is the worst Star Wars movie and the worst offender. And it's this. Like worse than worse we, than Rise of Skywalker or yes yeah that's oh, a big statement. but I'm gonna that, tell you why because there is something unforgivable that happens in Last Jedi. For those of us who grew up with Star Wars for decades, and rooted for the journey of and the hero's journey of Luke Skywalker, the one who was able to see the good in even the worst of humanity, the one who in Return of the Jedi and I'll talk about this at the end, who was able to even risk death so that he would not, uh, or not become that, or, you know, like he still saw the good. That's Luke's, that's his heart. That's what he sees. But we're so cynical in the time that we're in right now. We really want to cut our heroes down. That's, that's a common theme in a lot of stories nowadays. And we are going to have Luke, this hero, we are going to see him look at his own nephew and decide that he is not worth living. He, uh, he, he, he is going to, and yes, I know the movie goes around and say like, it was for a moment. And then I realized it, but the damage is done at that point. You have taken decades worth of character development and, and yes, I'm okay with Luke exiling himself. I'm okay with him failing. I'm okay with that. But that decision it goes against everything that George Lucas built and is intentionally there to try to subvert and get you. And it, and it tears down the heart and soul in favor of your deconstructionist movie that you want to make and subverting expectations. And it hurt so bad to see that. I, I just disagree because... Luke is a human like the rest of us. Yeah. Luke, but, Luke, but is, Luke story, is as but, identifiable in this movie, mm -hmm. as complex and as and as connected to the audience, then old man Luke in The Last Jedi is the best yeah. character in the whole series. Oh and he, I believe I believe I see, I was I was on the same boat as you, Derek. Because I we had this conversation before we ended up watching yeah. Nick and I before we wa ended up watching all the Star Wars movies. I was like, it felt like a slap in the face. Again, as a creator, I, I kind of paired myself in those shoes. What if I created this entire thing mm -hmm. and then someone came along and was like, okay, I have this this special item or special thing or special moment yeah. and I'm going to cast it aside. I said that would, that would be painful and that would hurt. Yeah. However, after watching it, it was like, okay, I can see where the direction was going. I would have preferred if the way they executed was handled a little differently like him being like luke being over um uh what's it kylo's like tent and just the awkwardness of it all because what it felt like really was kind of like a parody of like what could have looked like 
It felt yeah. like it kind of to me that's what it felt like a parody of what how they could have done it. But I'm I'm cool. I like that storyline where the hero is like okay. Yeah, I know because we talked about it, that with Batman v Superman. Exactly. But here's the difference. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because you can't because your heroes grow up. Your that mm-hmm. that was Luke back in when he was what like twenty something. Mm-hmm. Your mindset back when you were twenty and your mindset when you're like in your fifties is two different things. Imagine this person who had to go through all that and now he was able to get this um the this new Jedi temple, uh-huh. these students, all of this, all of this that he's been waiting for and dreaming yeah. of. And here is this kid, yeah, he's related to you. But it's like here is this possibility of someone tearing it yeah, all down. Yeah, I get down. it. I get it. And, and one thing I want to say is that he is—he is the wise figure now. He has no guidance. It's all him doing it. And yeah, one thing too. I was thinking about is—is is one moment of weakness completely just tear down everything you ever stood for? Because like, we've all had those mm-hmm. moments of weakness. Right. Does that mean that everything that we've ever stood for before that is gone now? And he—he he even says that it was—it was fleeting. And yeah. humans like are dyma- dynamic, like not dynamic, <sighs> right. dynamic. People are dynamic. Uh, the thoughts that we go through, the things we experience, it just changes. And I, I watched Star Wars without all the knowledge outside of it. Yeah. Like all the, oh, these are the themes. This is the, I just, I watched it and I enjoyed yeah. it. So I didn't get all of that when I'm watching this. I'm just seeing it as it happens and I thought it was kind of cool that he just takes the lightsaber and casts it aside. Like, oh, that's not what I expected that at all. Comes, Let's see what happens now. This is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the subversion, it threw me off. And I was excited to see just, okay, now where are we going with this? This is not what I expected. Mm-hmm. What happened to, to bring him to this, mm-hmm. this corrosion of, of warmth, this, this coldness now? Where where do we go? Like he is just a dirty hermit. Yeah, hobo drinking, drinking green alien milk. milk. Yeah. yeah. What the heck? <laughs> well, I want to hear what Nick's gonna say so, before I make my argument. The the argument that this subverts everything, I don't think is true because we were just talking about how Anakin was failed by every single mentor. Yes. This is right in line with the whole Star Wars trajectory where now Ben Solo is failed by his mentors. And this, right. this, this theme and is his coming, father. This yeah. theme is coming to a head, and and Luke is displaying it probably at its highest level. Right. This is something that even Yoda says when everything's burning down. Right. Failure is our best teacher. Just pass on what you learn. Right. And then Luke redeems himself. Yes. Luke redeems himself in probably aside from Darth Vader saying "I'm your father," the highest moment of the whole nine movies. Oh gosh. Uh, but Kylo is more relatable to us all as humans. Like he's having that attachment yeah. problem because right. he wants to be with Rey. Yeah. Just like in the Which I like one. that conflict. This, I like they, that conflict. They keep so much of Star Wars. It is celebrated and at once subverted. Yes. And I think that's beautiful. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's just not for me. And I'll, I'll acknowledge that. And the final thing I'll say on, on this with Last Jedi is just that like myths like reveal what a culture values. Mm. And I think it's fair to say that our culture, we're in a time when a lot has been hurt. People mm. have been hurt. Institutions have hurt people. And I think my big thing is that like, like this idea of making Luke more relatable, more human, but that's not how archetypes in stories work because like Jesus is an archetype in the gospels, like a certain kind of archetype, just like Luke is a certain kind of archetype. And here's the thing. There are a lot of people who criticize the story of Jesus in the gospels because he's not 
quote unquote relatable enough. So there's directors like Martin Scorsese who make a movie about Jesus. Let's make him more relatable. Let's make him be able to sin. Let's make him do this. And so here's the thing about that. Yes, he's more relatable and more human, but you've undercut the foundation of who that character is. But and I don't I, think that's a bad thing, though, because so for you, Jesus, no, not for Jesus. <laughs> but but Jesus. this is my for point: Jesus. is there Sorry. in stories there are certain archetypes and certain functions characters are meant to play. Mm-hmm. Je- the story of Jesus is a certain archetype in history. Luke is another type of archetype in history right, right. and storytelling. And we're taking this. We're taking a hero. And it's not like Batman v Superman where this is an Elseworld thing. And mm. I can love that because it's an alternative. This is a canonical. And Lucasfilm purposefully erased the canon of the extended universe right before Last Jedi. Mm. So they can do whatever they want and say this is the only version that exists. Mm. And so again, I think if you understand like Luke and his role in story and what he's built, I think it's, it's yeah, it makes him more relatable. And I get it. But from a storytelling perspective, you have to ask yourself, is this the Luke Skywalker that we need? Because what are we replacing Luke and Han and Leia with in these movies? We're replacing them with characters that are not fully developed. A Mary Sue like Rey and Poe and Finn. We're we're not reconstructing something that's worthwhile. So if we're going to deconstruct and tear down our heroes, we have to put something in its place that's at least going to be worthy of it. And I don't think the sequel trilogy is telling a story that's worthy of that deconstruction. The thing is, though, Luke is not the idol. Like if if Luke's story gets deconstructed, that's okay because then you have Ray who comes from nowhere and who can become a hero. Mm-hmm. You have Ro- uh, Rose, uh, Finn, and Poe who all struggle with all their pride, but all end up getting redeemed at some sort uh-huh. to the end, and they all step in and save the the rebellion as a team. Right. So, so I think you're just putting too much emphasis on Luke and this character arc when. Jesus is what we're all being reminded of, but it's in all of us. It's in every character. Mm-hmm. Jesus is in us all. And so each one of these characters are moving with that Christ-like uh, redemption. Right. So I think I just think there's too much emphasis on just this broken arc where this is really a beautiful story that you're just throwing away. And if you think that Ryan Johnson hates Star Wars, the end of this movie, that last shot with that little boy mm-hmm. oh, no, looking last up to this great. guy. But, it's great. But, but really, most of this movie is great. Kendall Bright... It doesn't totally work. Brian mm-hmm. Johnson's really ambitious. He's telling a story within a story right yeah. there, and it doesn't totally work. Yeah. But but a lot of this movie does work. And I'll take this movie. Like I said, this kind of reminds me of like the Jordan and LeBron LeBron debate. I wasn't there <laughs> for the impact that Star Wars made. Yeah. So like like uh Darth Vader saying, I'm your father, at that time probably was the biggest cultural thing that's ever happened right. in this plane. Right. But it's not to me. Yeah, I see that and I notice it. I acknowledge it. I see it. But I would still rather watch this movie. Mm. I have more fun watching this movie. So how do I rank them? I would choose this one just because I just have more fun watching it. Yeah. Is is the Empire Strikes Back a better movie? Probably Mm. technically. But I don't know. And and that's interesting because the thought is always like Star Wars is for the people who grew up with Star Wars, but it's actually it's for anyone who wants to watch it. Of course. So that's an, it's interesting that you picked it up right at that movie. Ray yeah. has no roots. Ray has no origin. Yeah. And, and I, you're you're I, uh, you're a boy, so 
association that, has no origins. Yeah. That no little boy is yeah. about to become Ray at the end yeah. of the movie. Right. That's all we watch Star Wars yeah. for. And it's like, just, we can do this. And it's just mm-hmm. cut out because Ray's a Palpatine. Well, that's the last yeah. one. Well, yeah. we get, can, can we, we all agree that Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker <laughs> is one of the worst pieces of garbage ever? Oh, yeah, most yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's funny because Somehow, that's the, say, that's the one Joe, that Kylo Ren wins his fight in, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you gotta say it. You gotta bro, say it. You Ryan, gotta say the line. Bro, somehow Palpatine returned. That is the... <laughs> I think... I, bro, keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. Going. No, it's just... That is the dumbest thing ever. When we... Well, when we were watching this movie, we had to we didn't pause any of the Star Wars movies as we were watching. Right, it. right. We had to pause this movie <laughs> yes. and ask, were we watching the right film? And it <laughs> felt like a fan film. It felt like a college fan film. In the Revenge of the Sith. Well, Obi Wan says, "We are Jedi's. How did we get caught in this trap?" Yeah, That's no, he says, there. "We're we're, we're better than this. this. We're better than this. We have the Force. We're better than this. How <laughs> did we get caught the in this light beam?" Yeah. <laughs> The it's worst. Like, there's a lot of them but in the Star Wars. Fun, but that's funny. But like Rise of Skywalker with that line, it's just like it's unredeemably bad. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you, you're telling. You're trying to explain how the greatest villain <laughs> of Star Wars movies came back to life, <laughs> and all you can say is somehow he somehow. returned. And in in Rise of Skywalker, somehow. the the worst thing about that movie for me, um, and it this is a sequel problem. But like in Force Awakens, I'm willing to go with it. Like, okay, so the Sith came back. Okay. I'll roll with it, mm-hmm. but it's disappointing that all that happened in Return of the Jedi kind of didn't have a lasting effect. Palpatine but I'll roll with up. it. But yeah, but that's the thing is like <laughs> Rise up. of Skywalker by bringing Palpatine back is deliberately saying that Darth Vader's victory and sacrifice and his whole redemptive <laughs> arc nothing. is meant nothing because Palpatine found a way somehow, to come back and instead of giving us a good reason how it just says somehow that's the real insult not the lightsaber yeah, honestly, over the shoulder. Also, yeah, I agree. That's the real I agree. One. Yeah. I agree. I should have been like, that is like oh like after I died my contingency plans like where my clone would have to blah 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 something give me exposition yeah. I'll, I'll sit through some exposition I still also, think it's cool, a bad decision cool and bring from, it back though. Yeah. Horrible. The, the cool villain story. from episode eight. Yeah, just a clone. We got a, we got a hundred of them. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Snoke, Snoke is a good villain, by the way. He was, he and they threw him away. He was fine. Yeah. 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 He was good. I, I and they're like, just like, eh, no, we got fifty. Whatever. Even General yeah. Hux. I yeah. like all those guys. And then they got wasted. Then they all got wasted. I think your point the characters being a little underdeveloped. I think if if Ryan Johnson had another movie to take it where he wanted to go, that. That that, mm. that might have been a different story. Yeah, but I, I think agree. for what he was trying to do with this movie and what he was trying to do with those characters, I think they they accomplished what they were supposed to accomplish. Mm. Yeah, it's just the lack of vision that gets me for those movies. I, well, the lack of overarching vision, overarching vision. They all feel separate. That's I have to agree with that. They all feel separate. Oh, the three of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a yeah. mess. Yeah, I, I do kind of. I I want to a little bit go back to the the mythos and how the the replication or the attempt to ref replicate the myths was really interesting because we see it and how it fails like mm-hmm. Poe Dameron is whether that's his personal motivation or it's just within the movie he is this want to be Han Solo guy it's where he's supposed to be mm-hmm. yes. and he it's fails weird. horribly yeah. Yeah. like that right. was the complete wrong decision to do everything he could he should have just listened to what the person said but no we have to take this into our own hands I don't trust authority this is what's right. We have to do it. We're all going to die otherwise. And it completely yeah. messed everything up. Mm. And I thought that was really cool because it's the, the folk, It's showing that all these characters that you want to be or that they want to be even these other myths that have just been passed down, like they can't. They're best when they're their own person. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like, these are new characters. It's fresh. They have their own journeys ahead. Han Solo's dead. Kylo Ren killed him. We're not getting another one. And if you're getting another one, it's not getting one that it, that, that even succeeds at being right. Han Solo. Yeah. All these things are, are different. Luke yeah. is different now. Even Kylo Ren is not the Darth Vader that you want. Mm-hmm. I remember when he first took his helmet off. I'm like, what is this? Is This guy's lame. What the heck? He's not intimidating. He's curly hair. Out. Yeah. Like like Nick said, he looked like he was about to burp the whole time. <laughs> when he goes to take Ray's hand, yeah. he's like holding back burps every step he's taking. I'm like, what's this guy doing? It's but, funny. Oh but they're, they're all like, just not who you want them to be. B, you yeah. love this past and you love the things I that were cool, that. It's funny. but they're not going to happen. It's different now. Yeah. But I did like that that all these things were um, like subverted a little because, yeah. hey, this is a new story. This is different. To the, Even Kylo yeah. Ren was like just teetering the whole time. Mm-hmm. To that point, there's a phrase called the anxiety of influence. Mm-hmm. And it says, Ooh. the dilemma is this. How do you separate yourself from your precursors without defining yourself as or for, as or against them? Wow. Wow. You have a you have a massive opportunity with people expecting some form mm-hmm. of what they already know, but how do you take that to another level without just rehashing everything yeah. from the yeah. Force Awakens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's another quote that says, "Let the dead poets make way for others." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is the core of the Last Jedi, where Ben is holding his hand out and he says, "It's it's our time." Yeah. We can, It's like it's a new story. This is a new vision. Yeah. But it was cut short. Ray should have went with Kylo. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I completely agree. I don't know. I but not like should've. where it's like it's okay now the next movie they're both in the dark side or something. It like may that. have been. What if they flip? They should have balanced yeah. each if other out flipped. because that's yeah. the whole thing is when's the balance of the force coming? Yeah. It may have and been. And I think you kind of get that in Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, but neither film develops that mm. enough. It may have been too much if she goes because then they cut out everything and now it's a whole different story. That's but true. at least there is a rebellion. Still. I would have liked there's that. A bad, there's a good side and a bad side. That changes. Everything then. Yeah, I, I would have liked if if they both flipped. Like Ray became the vision that she saw in the Rise of Skywalker, and mm-hmm. Ben became what he ended up being. And they just like wait a minute, no. And they're trying to convince each other again. It's their flip, but they're still trying yeah. to do. Yeah, this. I think there's a lot and more. They're still you trying done. to fight towards yeah. this sweet spot in or the this, middle. I, I, I will right. say the best thing Ryan Johnson does in that movie is explore that more. Mm. And I do think that in Rise of Skywalker, it is absolutely no. failed. Yeah, how yeah. they could have done that. Yeah. But we're running out of time, so I want to get to our rankings. Okay. So um, <laughs> I'm about to say one that we didn't get to talk about enough at all. At all. Which one? Which Rogue One. Oh, the, yes. Well, let's, yes. if you want to say something about Rogue One, let's do it in our rankings. Okay. When you, you can yeah, talk about no, it. That's, that's um, what I mean. That's what's coming up. Yeah. So what we're going to do for the rankings is um, start from the bottom, go to the top. Five to one? Um, no, all of them. Oh, all yeah. of them? I, I, didn't do, I don't all. have that power. I yeah, I didn't do all of if them. If you didn't do all, that's okay. okay. I did all of them, so I'm going to read all of them. Okay. Um, you can do five to one. That's fine. If you don't do all of them, maybe at least say what your least favorite Star Wars movie is. We're going to do best is. and worst. Okay. So, or however you want to do it. I'm going to do all. I'm going to do ten. I'm going to do... I, I haven't seen... All of Solo. I couldn't finish it. Really? I just didn't like it. Oh, um, man. You didn't like Solo? You didn't like I Solo. did like Solo. Yeah, I really like Solo. Never yeah. seen it. You should watch Solo. It's, but, you, you, it's up your alley. I might. But, all right, who wants to go first? <laughs> I can go first. Okay, um, go for so, it. So, my number four, it's tied. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back and The Last Jedi. Okay. I, I put those together at number four. Ooh, that hurts. Um, the third one, I would say The Force Awakens, just because it's fun and it's something mm-hmm. I normally base my stuff off of what I'm going to, what I would rewatch. Yeah. So, The Force Awakens, I would rewatch that. Number two, it's Solo. 
I like Solo wow. because that's what Star Wars should be. It should feel like if it wasn't Han Solo, at least it felt like just this this random adventure in Star Wars, and that's yeah. what, that's what I like about Stars Star yeah. Wars. But it doesn't focus on the core stuff, but it's these little side adventures. Okay. Um, and then my one is Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One. Those are my number one. Tie for oh, that's yeah. cheating. Yeah, Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith. I just okay. oh, for number one. Yeah. Okay. Revenge of the Sith because you know it's it's Revenge of the Sith, but Rogue One. I I don't know. Just that war gritty movie is not mm-hmm. yeah. that good written. It's not good written wise. The dialogue's kind of like yeah. eh. But it's just like I really like what they were going for Me in that too. movie. Me so too. That's that's my that's my yeah. ones. Those are my ones. Jason, how about oh, what's your least favorite Star Wars movie? My least favorite is Rise of Skywalker, of course. Okay, that's come on. All right, Jason, go okay, ahead. So I definitely don't have as established of a hierarchy, but I can kind of go hierarchy. So definitely the last, the least would be the Rise of Skywalker. Okay, I would say that the I'm not I'm not so good. I'll just go with the top, and then we'll see how we go there. So yeah. I think that Rogue One was the best. It was the best done. Why? Um, Since we didn't get to talk about because we didn't get to talk about so it's all these really cool characters that do not matter at all. They're completely expendable, but they make them really cool. Yes, yeah, make them so cool. Even Doctor Director Krennic is cool Uh, in his ambition. Yeah, great Uh, villain. It's and he's not completely outside of a relatable human Mm -hmm. either. Right. Like he wants recognition. He wants, yeah. and to a twisted degree, he believes in the in the order and peace that yeah. this planet killing weapon would ensue. But he also wants to be recognized. Are you going to tell the emperor this? Right. We stand amidst right. my achievement, not yours. We like stand he is amidst my achievement. He is fighting. <laughs> And then all the characters, by the way, the dialogue, I disagree. They had some of the funniest lines ever. It is the funniest Star Wars movie. I completely agree. It's it's the droid. Yes. Yes, Kevin is the best droid of any Star Wars movie. He slaps. His humor is on point. Okay. Whole movie. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Please do not resist. Yeah. He is so best humor in any Star Wars movie. He is hilarious. Um, even I, I thought that Chirrut was lame at first, and I watched the scene and I actually no, this is kind of cool. Mm. Um, just all these characters that are forgettable, ah, they don't use the fort. We'll cheer it a little bit. I they don't love, have lightsabers, yeah. whatever. Well, love, but they're all doing this just huge hail mary yeah. of a move, and they all die. Like most yeah. everyone who touches the plans to send them yeah. is just completely just wiped slaughtered. out. But the <laughs> it was a real, real war. The yeah, scenes were so it. cool. Even at the end, I really liked that, um, gosh, Jen Erso and you got to forgive me because I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Uh, I forget his name too. I but forget a lot of they, the, the bomb is going off. They're about to be consumed. And I really hope that my memory is not corrupted for this, but they don't kiss. They don't. And they that's don't. what I love too. Right. They, they don't kiss. Yeah. But they there's embrace. a contentness. Yes. Yes. There's an, oh, yes. I better get this out before I die. It's... Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't need to fulfill anything. Right. You are my friend. We did this together. There's nothing else that needs to be said, right. done. Everything is good. And now that this has been passed on. One thing yeah. I want to go back to really quick that you said that I don't want to gloss over uh-huh. is the guy who uses the force in that movie. Cheer it, yeah. Because yeah. that, ex- I, the, the best, one of the best things about that movie is this idea that anybody can learn mm-hmm. how to use the force. It's mm-hmm. not just the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You can learn the force. It's like the religious aspect of it, you yeah. know, because the force is 
you know, this thing that surrounds us and you can tap, you know, and it, there's like a lot of, you know, the Tao and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, lots of things that make up the idea of the force. But I love this idea that this ordinary guy who's blind and needs something to guide him and wants to give his life to it can. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's, oh, it's such and it's a good Star Wars. It's an inkling of the knowledge of the force because that's also yes. still kind of right. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Darth, Darth but, Vader is just this shadow in the corner that comes real for those poor, unfortunate rebel soldiers. Oh my gosh. One of the best sequences in all yes. Star Wars is that Darth Vader fight. But um, yeah. it is, it is yeah. such a cool okay. human movie that yeah. didn't need all the... Yeah. So real quick, that's number one. That's what are some of your one for others? Me. And real quick, and then uh, we'll go to Nick. I, I did like Revenge of the Sith a lot. Even watching again, I was like, ah, this is kind of lame, but a lot of cool moments. And I did like... Um, gosh, what's the what's number seven? I'm blanking. Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens. It was Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but some are a little list. The so sorry. The right. Yeah, the Rise yeah. of Skywalker is my least favorite. The Force Awakens. I saw it when it was fresh in the theaters, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cool things I like. I like the idea of Finn. Awesome. Kylo Ren stopping the laser bolts in midair. Yeah. Awesome. Han Solo dying. Awesome development. I'm like, yo, this is cool. The <laughs> yeah. line is awesome, and Kylo Ren gets shot by Chewbacca, and he's still fighting. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a lot of cool yeah. things in that movie. I liked okay. uh, General Hux. This mm-hmm. new idea, even if it was kind of a rehash, and I and I saw it. The the stormtrooper just going spinning his lightning rod, going traitor. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It did feel like in the theater. Like, yeah, this is basically episode four but i still liked it mm. okay the the original trilogy is a little bit after that and mixed in but there's nothing they're all kind of a, along the same okay for yeah. me. all right nick how about you the rogue run rogue one feels like like a pizza to me like a whole pie like everybody likes it it's mm-hmm. real light no matter what we can always order a pizza and throw rogue one on yeah yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. not like the heavyweights of star wars or yeah. empire okay. and um and i think the last jedi I think those are the two most complex mm. movies of the of the whole series. I love how, despite we, how about how we disagree on Last Jedi, our feelings on Empire are united. <laughs> cool. It's true though. The Empire. When I think yeah. of Star Wars, I think of Darth Vader saying, "I'm your father." Mm. Right, right. I think of him glowing with the blue in the background, and he's standing up. Yeah, yeah. In the, that's in, cool. There's orange. All it's just beautiful. It's really cool. I want to get that on um, my wall one day. Even. Yeah, um, even the city, what's the city called? Um, Cloud City. Cloud City. Yeah, it's just all cool stuff. Yeah. And the worst are by far uh, Rise of Skywalker and Phantom Menace. They're just I don't need to ever watch those. Yeah. Movies again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I'll go from top from bottom to top. You know, today I'll be generous because I think Nick, <laughs> Nick, oh, uh, uh, Nick, to this. Nick made some great arguments for Last Jedi, oh, and I do think it's it's a pretty it it's down. a pretty all right. Slide movie, it down the top movie. three. Slide it down. Um, but so I'll say for today, my bottom, and you can check out my full list on Letterbox if you want to see my reviews and my in depth anal- uh, not analysis, but just my ideas of what the movies are essentially about and and all that. So I'll put today for the bottom. I'll put Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Um, Man, that means um, I moved it up one slot, right? Yeah, I moved it up one, one, slot. one slot. That's oh. all it's gonna get. I'll take um, it because Last Jedi's next. Uh, number eight is Phantom Menace. Um, oh, number seven is yes. <laughs> Um, Man. All number, right. number seven, Attack of the Clones. Number six, Force Awakens. Number five, and five and four could go either way, uh-huh. I, uh, depending on how I'm feeling. For today, I'll say Return of the Jedi at number five. Mm. Number four, A New Hope. Number three, Rogue One. Um, number two, Revenge of the Sith. And number one, 
The Empire Strikes Back is one of my top. T- it's in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's a perfect movie. It's mm-hmm. a perfect sequel. I got nothing negative I could say about it. Those are our rankings. And so what I want to close with here is we close these what why why we love episodes with um, how these stories help us to live a meaningful story. Mm-hmm. So why are we attracted to them? Why do we keep rewatching them? Why do we spend an hour and a half talking about them? And so um, for me, and this will be our closing thoughts mm-hmm. um, for why Star Wars is meaningful to me. There's a lot of things we talked about today. And one of the things I, I haven't talked about enough is that in Return of the Jedi, in the final act, um, Luke surrenders himself to Darth Vader. And we know that Luke is next in line in Palpatine's eyes to take the pattern of the Sith. And that Luke, if he strikes Darth Vader down, um, he will walk that path. And the whole dynamic of like the fact that his friends are heading into a trap and Palpatine is using Luke's attachment against him, which we saw in Empire Strikes Back was the temptation he was going to have to face. And Luke is in that throne room and he has to just take Palpatine's word that they are not going to survive this Mm. and luke against all odds still holds on to that hope he holds on to that pureness that was established in a new hope in that in empire and he's trying to defeat the empire but save his father and there's this thing in narrative practices and this was the previous episode i talked about where we say that the person is not the problem and the problem is the problem people are multi-story and darth vader is the epitome of that because we know the story of darth vader that we know anakin and we know that he has fallen into a struggle bigger than him and that's the struggle of course of the dark side and like a spiritual warfare he's given in he's given himself to that he's lost his humanity but luke is able to look past that and see that darth vader is not the problem Mm. it is the sith and the dark side and all it represents and if he can separate his father from that then there's redemption and that's the story of humanity Mm. is if we can be separated from sin and that which it holds us into darkness and death and chaos that's how we find redemption Mm. and luke holds out that hope that there's going to be redemption for uh, his father and darth vader says it's too late for me obi-wan says he's more machine than man everybody around him is telling yeah. him it's not possible but luke holds on to that and when darth vader destroys the sith and throws palpatine down there and he takes off his mask and you have that emotional moment where you see that the greatest villain in cinematic history was just a frail broken person mm. that just needed someone to show them compassion if I live like that and treated every person in that way, and this is why Luke is so heroic to me and why Darth Vader is such a compelling antagonist, if I lived my life that way and gave myself to that aspect of the hero's journey, it's so meaningful and it makes me wonder what is possible in this world. So that's that's what I got there. Yeah, that, that's really beautiful. Yeah. And it makes me understand more why that moment in the last shot i hurt so much yeah because luke meant so much um but i think on the other end of that when he does fail and he does have that moment and we realize mm-hmm. that we're all in this together and that luke is the same that needs that compassion yeah that love and that is broken at the same time even our heroes are like that but um when it comes to jesus he's just not like that and the right. reason why we like these stories i just wanted to read this Um, These kind of stories can be edifying, imaginative tools to help us picture and look forward to Revelation 19 
when Jesus appears astride a white horse as the conquering king. There really is a messiah, and fantasy stories about make-believe heroes can help train our emotions to recognize the real one. Mm-hmm. And I think that this right here is just the reason why Star Wars is so great that we can get together and talk about this stuff, about lightsabers right. and space and, and Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Like, it's just cool stuff. And this yeah. is just what life is about, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, Joe? Jason, anything to, to wrap up? Um, it's honestly what really connects with me is just the um, the trauma side of people. You know, yeah. people deal with trauma every single day. People yeah. uh, have to struggle with those, that trauma. And just the actions of seeing how people don't care about people's trauma. The, the story of Anakin. They didn't care about his trauma because they wanted to fit him inside of an agenda. Mm-hmm. They wanted to fit him inside of a role. Mm-hmm. Or they just didn't see him as that person that should be this or worth yeah. this. But just being able to be that person that's against all that and like, no, I see that you're dealing with things, I deal with things, and being able to walk alongside that person. Yeah. That's always, you know, that's that's been such an inspirational thing to do. Yeah. You know, be that person that's like against everyone else acting this way or saying these things, you could still stand next to that person. It's so good. Jason, final thoughts. So I, I think it's a little bit twofold for me. Um, just on the, the little bit of a, the, light, the lighter side, uh, as I've talked about, it's it's the fun, it's the adventure, yeah. it's the new experiences, it's the, the atmosphere that just kind of takes us captive mm. yeah. and taking that step into something that you have no idea how it could go, but you know that this is right, this has to be done, we're going to move forward. And just the thought of what am I fighting for, who am I fighting for? What values are driving me forward, whether it's, you know, Anakin and he's fighting because of the person he loves is in danger. And right. that's that's the initial thing. He's fighting to defend that, uh, that happiness that he's found amidst everything that has let him down or been uncertain. This is the one thing he's sure of. Or Luke, he's fighting for the good that he still sees in his father. Mm-hmm. Or Rose, when they're fighting for each other to live and to continue on against hate it's what am i fighting for what is driving me is it is it is it passion is it selfish or is it for the greater good is it for the cause right uh that is right like what is at the core of all of my actions wow yeah and that's a great place to wrap it so thank you guys for being on this episode and thank you for the wonderful conversation we had about star wars and all things narrative related to it and so if you enjoyed this episode feel free to uh subscribe to the podcast like us and follow us on social media Mm -hmm. and of course to be able to join us next month for the next edition of why we love where we will talk about Marvel. That's Let's right. go. So we will have a good time. Marvel. And you we will in- invite me back to that one. We will, we will invite you back. We will do fun. our. I'll have to re up on the popcorn this time. I really right. missed out. Yeah. And, Mar- and if you thought I was passionate about Star Wars, oh boy, oh, just, just you wait. Oh um, man. But we love Star Wars. So thank you so much. This is your friendly narrative practitioner, Derek, signing off. Thank you so much and take care. Hashtag mutant and proud. Until the uprisings. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Bet.